everyone and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Grosvenor or as somebody suggested to Ken this week to Hilton Baptist Church <laughs> so um, we can take our pick as we go on it's lovely to have our first visitors in our new venue it's great to see Jenny here again back doing some work in Glasgow I guess Jenny uh, and also to have Graham and the children here today it's fantastic to have you all you're very welcome You'll find everything you need to follow the service on the piece of paper that you were given as you came in, and the words of the hymns will also appear on the screen. Thank you, Anne, and thank you, everybody. Our call to worship this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 12. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great is your, in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Today is a service of Advent carols and readings. So all the songs today relate to Advent in some way. And a lot of them are in a minor key, but I think they are really beautiful and worth singing. We will be showing them on the screen. It might be that the bits get chopped off where we're getting shadows, but we think that's kind of festive and something as well. So our first hymn, which you are invited if you're able and would like to stand for, Earth Was Waiting, Spent and Restless. Yeah. 
So we come to God in prayer, and as is our custom and practice at uh, Hillhead, Hilton, Grosvenor, whatever we're calling ourselves today, Baptist Church, uh, we say that in whichever version and whichever language feels the most natural. So let's pray together. Accompanying God, we gather together to worship you, choosing to pause amidst the relentless busyness of getting ready for Christmas to remind ourselves why it is that we participate in this annual frenzy. It's Advent 3 already, and many of us perhaps feel we're constantly trying to catch up. In our waiting, we find ourselves spent and restless. Spent because our bodies are tired, our minds overflowing, our hearts poured out. Spent, too, because the pressure to buy and send, to give and to support, empties our wallets and purses. Bank balances are low. Credit card limits are approached. Restless, because we feel there is no time to be still. There are preparations to make, parties to attend, presents to wrap and cards to post. Restless, because we fear that if we do stop, even for a moment, the overwhelming truth of our own humanity will consume us. We approach the festivities with mingled hope and fear. Hope that all will be well, that plans will come together and that love abounds. Hope that we might, this time, enter the wonder and mystery of the old, old story and rediscover our inner child. Fear that something will go wrong, that someone will be forgotten or some detail overlooked. Fear, too, that we'll be so busy that we fail to find Christ born in our hearts this year. We, the faithful few, may well be sighing, longing for the day to come and go. We, the faithful, gathered in this place, are saying, Surely, Lord, the day is near. The desire of all the nations, it really is time he should appear. God of adventure and journey. God of accompaniment and waiting. God of advent. Grant us this day the space we need to pause and rest our bodies. 
some words to encourage our hearts and refreshment to journey onwards as we seek the one who comes to redeem all things, even Christ Emmanuel. And so we join with other seekers throughout the ages as we continue to pray for the inbreaking of Christ's jurisdiction, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. People have brought some gifts this morning, and what we asked the church to get behind the Sunday school and doing was to take part in a Christmas um, appeal that's been run by a Glasgow-based charity called Refugee, and it's a community charity that was set up to welcome refugees to Glasgow and to make sure that they had a really warm welcome. And Bonnie and I were thinking about it yesterday. We went and bought some gifts, and we thought about a little boy, uh, a little boy maybe just a wee bit older than Bonnie, 
who maybe has travelled hundreds and thousands of miles to come to Glasgow, who's had to leave his own country because there was wars and it wasn't safe, and um, how frightened he must be, and how strange it would be to turn up in Glasgow. If you're used to a country that's quite warm, you come into Glasgow and it rains and it's dark and it must be... You must be very frightened. It could have taken you many, many months to get here. And we thought that we would like to let them, this little boy know that Glasgow was a lovely place to be and that we hoped that he would grow to love being here and feel safe here and have a peaceful Christmas. So I think, Bonnie, are you going to tell us a little bit about some of the things that we've put in this bag? No? Well, I'm, I'm going to do that. You maybe lift things out to me. So some of the things that we've brought with us... <laughs> been caught. Um, so what's this? What, did we, what was this? We've brought a hat and a pair of gloves because we thought that we needed to keep warm. We... Oh, it's jam-packed. <laughs> I'll not get L back in again. Bonnie chose this, thought a five-year-old boy would love to play with a motorbike, and it was important to have some toys to be able to play, some treats, some Christmas treats, and and more treats, and socks, and this was one of your favourite things, wasn't it, when we get that out? Uh, Batman set of toothbrushes, toothbrushes and a little and some more cars as well. So these were the things that Bonnie and I bought thinking about a little boy who's maybe just arrived in Glasgow and I know lots of other people have too. So maybe if the Sunday school and all their children could help take the presents in, in the bags that you've got and put them under the Christmas tree at the back and maybe some of the Sunday school and other boys and girls could help there's a big pile of things here that I need help with. Um, so if people could take these to the back, that would be fantastic. And we'll this week make sure that these all go to the refugee charity and they will be handed out to people who have just arrived in our city and are maybe feeling scared, but will get a warm welcome to Glasgow.
Advent is probably one of my favourite seasons in the church year. It's shrouded in mystery and wonder. A season of longing, a season of wondering, a season of hope, and a season of actually not knowing where the journey will leave. It's a journey into the unknown. Historically, it's strictly a penitential season during which Christians would fast and pray. And they would contemplate some pretty scary topics, such as the last judgment, the return of Christ at the end of time, heaven and hell. But it would culminate in the high mass of Christ's birth, celebrated deliberately at the darkest time of the year, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. But at the same time as that, the Christmas festivities cheerfully appropriated any and every pre-Christian ritual and rite they could lay their hands on. The winter solstice and the return of the sun, which our pre-Christian forebears on these islands would almost certainly have celebrated, were rebranded. And everything from yule logs to Christmas trees to plum puddings were either given new significance or simply assimilated in a kind of unquestioned syncretism. Some Christians get a bit sniffy about syncretism. Perhaps we should look at our own festivals before we do so. But you begin to see why people like Oliver Cromwell and the early Congregationalists and Baptists got a little bit uncomfortable with what was happening. And we can appreciate, even if we don't agree with, their desire to banish Christmas from the church calendar altogether. Whilst most people happily keep Christmas and don't even bother to think about the pagan origins of so many traditions, and that's fine as far as I'm concerned, it's true, though, that there are churches in this land where you only celebrate Christmas if it happens to land on a Sunday. There are churches in Glasgow who will have a Christmas Day service this year who didn't have one last year and won't have one next year. They just kind of ignore it. And that's a shame. I think they miss out. In many churches, the haunting beauty and aching yearning of Advent carols in minor keys are never heard. In a lot of churches now reduced to a single service, once one service a day, the need to include a Sunday school nativity, which I adore, just in case you think otherwise, and a service of lessons and carols, which I also love, mean that Advent, well, it kind of boils down to lighting a few candles and counting down the weeks. This year, for all kinds of reasons, I arrived at the start of Advent completely unprepared. I had a lot of other things to occupy my time, and so did many others. And the th- thinking through what we might do in the one normal Advent service we had, this one, kind of slipped my mind. And then, in that way that only God can, a few ideas started to come together in a very short period last weekend, which was just as well. The first thing was this recognition that we are tired out. I might have just had two weeks holiday. The fact is I've done a month's work in a fortnight since I came back. We're all tired out. So let's just name that. 
let's name the fact that what we need is not more activity, but a chance just to sit down and listen for God in scripture and song. And then a sense that we needed to sing some of these Advent carols. It's still two weeks till Christmas. Advent's the longest it can be this year. We must avoid that temptation to rush to the end. Take the journey at the right pace. And so came the idea of an Advent carol service. But it was last Sunday evening that finally the thing fell into place. Our speaker, Cedric, from St Mary's Cathedral, noted how rare it was to focus on the Old Testament passages, usually from Isaiah, that are set in the lectionary from Advent. And my mind started whirring around thinking, well, actually, I can remember preaching a whole Advent on Isaiah, since you ask or don't. But he was right. These poetic and mysterious prophecies are worth spending time with, and they complement the Advent carols. Prophets were people who saw the reality of a dark, disillusioned, despairing world and dared to dream of a different reality, dared to speak of hope, of a God who cares and a God who comes, and that, if I can borrow words from other people, in the end, all will be well. And so was born the idea for today's service. No sermon, no attempt at exposition or exegesis, and as Graham's here, I should have said no attempt at hermeneutics either. But he's not here, so it's kind of a waste of a thing off the top of my head, isn't it? No demythologizing, no remythologizing. Just a chance to listen. To listen and see if we can hear God to see if we can hear something hopeful and helpful in these ancient words, to find a crumb of comfort, maybe to find a glimmer of hope. So basically, from now till the last hymn, there'll be no more announcements. We'll just go through the lessons and the carols. We'll take time to savour the words. We'll have a short pause after each one. And Paul will manage that. Um, and then we will sing the songs, remaining seated. And we savour it. Just slow down. Allow yourself to be bathed in God's love. To allow your heart and your mind and your soul to relax into what we share. The first reading is from Isaiah 2, starting at verse 2. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more.
but there will be no gloom for those who are in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time onwards and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 1. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places are plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see see together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I say, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules with him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep.
Isaiah chapter 7. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself shall, will give to you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build upon the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make them an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations, and their offspring among the peoples. And all who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation, and he has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the Lord bring, for as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes 
what is sown in it to spring up. So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. our readers for leading us through that reflective time. Our prayers this morning are adapted from a much longer series of intercessions in the book Shine On Star of Bethlehem, which is an anthology that was created to support the charities Christian Aid and CAFOD. So let's pray together. Lord, you come to bring good news for the poor. (coughs) 
we hold before you the poor people in our community, the ones who will not have enough eat today or will not have a roof over their heads tonight. For those who depend on voluntarily operated night shelters or donations to food banks. Give to us all your loving concern for the poor, so that we will work and give and share until the poor really do hear the good news of your coming. Lord, you come to bring freedom to the prisoner. We hold before you all who will spend this night or day in prison, justly or unjustly. For those who are held in centres or poor housing, while asylum or refugee status is considered. Today, especially, we pray for the work of Refugee, seeking to welcome and support those who arrive in our city. And we remember all who work in the prison service, that you would give them compassion in their hearts. Give to us all a passion for justice and mercy, so that we will work and give and share until all prisoners find freedom. Lord, you came to proclaim release for the oppressed. We hold before you all who stoop under the burden of oppression. For those who cannot speak freely for fear of betrayal. For those who cannot live freely for fear of prejudice and discrimination. And for those whose lives have been damaged by violence and abuse. Give to us all relief from the burdens we carry and a deep concern to help bear the burdens of others until everywhere oppression is defeated and we are all made whole. Lord, you came to proclaim the year of the, Lo of the Lord's favour. We hold ourselves before you, people with our own desires and needs, our own hopes and fears, our own concerns and questions. As we journey on through Advent and into the future we cannot see, strengthen our resolve to follow Jesus and renew our confident confidence in his promised accompaniment. For we make our prayer in his name. Amen.
God who comes to us in a tiny baby, for whose coming we wait. We bring these gifts of money and we bring to you all the things that we are and all the things that we long to be and ask you to accept them all in his name. Amen. Our closing carol was written by Philip Doddridge, um, who was a minister in Northampton, where I grew up. So there's a little bit of self-indulgence in choosing this one to close our service. Hark the glad sound, the Saviour comes, the Saviour promised long. Let every heart prepare a throne and every voice a song. love and hope in our hearts and the blessing of creator, child and spirit be forever within us. Oh.